Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Tune in as we share stories of triumph, resiliency, and healing. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamily Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi, guys. Welcome back for another episode of the Beauteous Me podcast. I am excited to have Lisa. Lisa is also a licensed clinical social worker. So, you know, I'm geeked out right here, Lisa. Thank you for being on our show. I really, really appreciate you spending this time with me. So thank you, Jamili, for having me on Beauteous Me. I'm really happy to be here with you and your audience. Thank you. And what's exciting is that not only are you an LCSW from two states, Louisiana and California, and we all know taking no nothing personal against California, but that test in California is a little bit harder to transfer your licenses. So every California <laughs> LCSW, I'm like, you did it for us. <laughs> I thank you. Yes, yes, yes. So you're also a certified EMDR level one, Reiki level two, and a certified as a thought coach through the Institute for Transformational Thinking. Lisa, you are also passionately committed to working with people to help them heal through all of their senses of their body. And you use different techniques through intuition, therapy, energy healing, meditation, Reiki healing, crystal healing, nutrition, sound frequencies, yoga, exercise, podcasting, (laughs) writing, and teaching. Um, Lisa is also the host of a popular weekly podcast, All Things Therapy. Guys, you have to check it out. It's available on all platforms. But um, Lisa, welcome, welcome, welcome. And I'm excited because you wrote a book and this is different. Thank you. Thank you. This is a little bit different, right? So when we think of a licensed clinical social worker, we think of them in the field of, you know, doing regular um, therapeutic work, right? Regular Mm -hmm. therapy, you know, whether it's through EMDR, trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy, which I'm in in the process of finalizing my certification, um, or, or different various forms. But what's interesting, and I know I've talked about this in some earlier, 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 earlier episodes, is that what has transformed in our field is that spirituality has entered into kind of the work that we're doing. Um, And I see that you're incorporating that with some of your work that you're doing with your clients, but also it inspired you to write a book. Tell us about it. It did. Thank you for that. And Jamili, for myself, spirituality entered my life in in more of a larger sense. And I don't know if for you in working with clients, but when something really becomes important to you personally, uh, it, it like starts to be something I know that I introduce to my clients. When something really is helpful for me, I want to share it with those clients that I'm working with. And I, you know, 20 years ago, being in grad school and taught different psychological techniques, as you referenced mm-hmm. and mentioned, and really loving them, and then being in life, growing and changing as a person, and then finding spirituality and specifically meditation, where meditation is a space that we receive what it is mm-hmm. that we've asked for through prayer or journaling or just the thoughts that we're thinking, questioning, you know, in our minds, questioning others, questioning life. And meditation is that place of receptivity that we cultivate within ourselves, sitting in those moments of silence or with music, listening. And that's how I came to write my book. I was asking the question to myself for clients, um, you know, to the universe, like what is beyond 
this story of being really mm-hmm. familiar with the things that have hurt us, that have disrupted us, what's beyond our woundedness, what's beyond the things that are unexpected, you know, besides like rehashing those things, rehashing them over and over in itself becomes disempowering at some point. I found in my own personal work being in therapy and even with mm-hmm. my clients. And as I sought to listen in that meditative space after asking for a long time, I started to hear research Chiron, C-H-I-R-O-N. And that was really weird for me, Jamili, because my only experience of Chiron is like a, a very fleeting reference back in grad school to Carl Jung's work around the archetypes and the collective unconscious. And I didn't really think that was much of an answer, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I was like, universe, is that all you got? Chiron? You know, but it kept like prodding me like Chiron. And when I started to Google, which is the first place I like to go to is Google. That's my my favorite space. I think I should have stocks in it, but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. The alphabet. Um, that like I started to, to, when I started to read and research Chiron, there was so much there from Chiron being in astronomy, um, a minor comet, a minor planet slash comet that orbits an odd elliptical orbit between Saturn and Uranus. And it was named Chiron because of this elliptical orbit referencing Chiron the centaur in Greek mythology, who is the founding father of the healing arts of pharmacy, of medicine, of therapy. And he tutored Asclepius that we all know when you go to the doctor's office and you see the staff of medicine, the two snakes intertwined, that's the staff of Asclepius that Chiron gave to him. And I was like, oh, wow. And then learning even more, you know, Carl Jung did write about Chiron as this wounded healer archetype speaking to that through everything we go through that is adversity, that looks like adversity, there is deep meaning to be found from it to make meaning and purpose of our lives. As many people listening, I sense know that we can turn the things that have been hard for us into the mission that we have for our work and our personal life, how we help others through podcasting, writing, just being a friend. And then lastly, Chiron is an astrological placement. And I thought that was significant because I think a lot of you listening, we've, you know, checked our horoscopes in different places or had a natal chart, your birth chart read. And when I've had that done, no one ever talked about Chiron. So when I researched Chiron astrologically, I started to see that Chiron identifies these patterns that we have in our lives. And then I noticed that in psychology, Chiron, these patterns have been spoken about by object relationists, by Sigmund Freud talking about the repetition compulsion, you know, Mm -hmm. how our intimate relationships, our friendship patterns are sourced and the relationship we've had with our caretakers and things that really imprinted us growing up people being safe or unsafe, the world being friendly or not, and how it starts to set this orbit or frequency in our lives that we have to the people, places, and things that we habituate daily. And it becomes our our thoughts, you know, our beliefs are just thoughts that we keep repeating until we believe them to be true. And we can only go as far as we think that we can. So Chiron Mm -hmm. really informs the patterns and the way we live our lives. And that's where my book came from. 
You know what I find interesting, Lisa, is that as a therapist, right, we, again, what if you're doing traditional therapy or different forms of therapy, um, what we prescribe or what some therapists prescribe, and I know that I'm, I'm, I'm one of those, is the practice of mindfulness or meditation yeah. or prayer um, to kind of center yourself, center your thoughts, to know where your thoughts are going. But your thoughts also, you know, with cognitive behavioral therapy impact how you feel, how you think, et cetera. But what we, we tend to forget about not forget what we what we do focus on is the core wounds um, and how we address them. But I think with the work that you're doing, you've encompassed what a traditional therapist is in addition to other forms of therapy that we kind of prescribe, if you will, or, yeah. or encourage, you know, whether it's through your religion or spirituality or whatever. It's like you've kind of married it, which is I find it so unique. Um, thank you. And, and, and for you to think you know, you're welcome. And for you to kind of do that, especially, you know, as, as, as a licensed clinical social worker, where you see the macro, the micro uh, yeah. of everything, right? And then you see that plus a bigger macro level, which is universal, et cetera. And exactly. how do we kind of address that? Um, yes. So what is core wounding? So core wounding is on a spectrum, Jamili. So for some of you listening, this is just an area of vulnerability and an area that you feel sensitive in. And you might like feel the need to hide or edit those parts of yourself from other people. Like you might present well on paper, but secretly mm -hmm. feel like you're never quite good enough. So it can be on the spectrum of, of vulnerability, of sensitivity, all the way to core wounding that we see where there's been trauma and abuse, sometime disease and illness that really, really rocks and shapes a person's world and who they believe themselves to be. So mm -hmm. it's on the spectrum that we find the 12 core woundings, I call, or 12 vulnerabilities of Chiron. And Chiron is found in an astrological sign. Like your Chiron is different than if your sun sign is a Virgo or Gemini or Libra. Chiron is found in a sign as well. Aries, Taurus, Gemini, you know, all the way to Pisces. And there are 12 vulnerabilities or woundings that I, I articulate in my book. And I give practical takeaway steps and affirmations that you can use to really heal these parts of yourselves, to strengthen these parts of yourself. And instead of hiding or feeling like embarrassed that like your self-esteem might be low sometime, it's like that's information, you know, for us to inquire about, like, what does this vulnerability want to teach me so that I can actually be my authentic self and feel happier and stronger and just like that I can really talk about, speak my truths into the world and not be so concerned what others think. What, what do you I, think about that? I love that you say that because one thing that's, that resonates for me is what am I feeling at the moment and what am I being taught? So when you're saying that, like a teachable moment of what is being taught, like if you're feeling angry and frustrated, something triggered you, what is yeah. the lesson here? Yeah. That's something that I go back to when someone like really upset me, you know, yeah. at work or a family member, whatever it is. And I have to go back and say, well, what is the lesson here? You know, and mm -hmm. sitting with yourself. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you, you mentioned that. Can you tell us a little bit of, of just, you can give us maybe even six of the 12. Sure, the core woundings. Yeah, and yeah. Vulnerability. So, well, yeah, I'll start. 
<laughs> you yeah, can give us yeah. six. So, Don't give it all so people can no, go into the deep dive in the book. Well, sure. <laughs> if your Chiron is in Aries, that's a core wounding in your sense of value and worth, where that's the person I was describing a few moments ago, that you've achieved some professional success, some personal success, but you might never feel like it's good enough. And so for you, it's it's the work to heal performance-based love that you have to give and like earn, you know earn your lovability, earn your, your keep in the world. And you might resort at earlier in your life, in your childhood, you learn to people please to get your needs met because your caretaker might not have been available to you emotionally, physically. They might've put you down with criticism. So you tend to be a really self-critical of yourself. So that's that, that, core wounding and vulnerability. Then Chiron and Taurus speaks to a core wounding by neglect. So in this placement, your needs were neglected. You might've even experienced sexual abuse, molestation, um, sexual assault in your life. And so the neglect by, by others has caused you to neglect sometimes your own needs in the world. And you might put others first, you know, thinking that's going to make you happy, but that never does, you know, it might temporarily, but then, you know, it's really through learning to love yourself, affirm yourself and set boundaries where appropriately, where appropriate. And then Chiron in Gemini speaks about this core wounding and empathetic attunement. And as a therapist, you know what that is, but what that is for everyone listening, it's something we all need that when we grow up to have healthy self-esteem, to learn how to communicate and be heard, it's about your caretakers attuning to your deepest emotional needs that you cry and they're like, oh, sweetie, what's going on? You know, you're angry and it's like, oh my gosh. How can I help you? And and in people that grow up without empathetic attunement, it's like their emotional needs are ignored, you know? And so they start to question, like, are my feelings valid, you know? And so you might start to overperform, overcompensate, and, and, you know, people might perceive you to be a know-it-all when really underneath that, you just deeply desire to be heard. Or you might completely neglect your own emotional needs and like pretend like you don't have them and experience deep depression around that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I shared with you before we got on <laughs> to start recording that my Chiron is in Gemini. Yeah. So it's core wounding <laughs> and empathetic attunement. Did it speak to you? It did. It, it, it definitely um, did. I also look at, you know, cultural expectations in the Latino mm-hmm. culture. Um, you know, you're seen, not heard. Um, yeah. You know, what yeah, that's exactly. Are. Yeah. So so a lot of that kind of um, um, interplays. So in being selfish, <laughs> tell me a little bit more about the uh, um, Chiron in, in the eighth house in Gemini. Sure. So Chiron and the, so also I'm glad you're bringing that up, Jamili, that Chiron is found in an astrological sign that we're discussing, like Chiron and Gemini. And if you know your time of birth, if you don't, it's okay. You can still know the sign your Chiron's in, but your time of birth identifies the house of the Zodiac that Chiron is in. And there are 12 houses. 12 houses. The eighth house that you're asking about speaks to intense shared emotional experience, transformation. It's like a very spiritual house where you're really, um, you know, you're really hungry for spiritual knowledge, truths, traditions, philosophy. It's like you really want to know what's underneath everything. And it's it's people that are really deep. (laughs) You know, you have a deep propensity to sense 
bullshit, for example, you know, you can really get a read. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so like <laughs> this, this, so your deep desire to know what's really going on paired with a wounding and not being empathetically attuned to can cause a lot of confusion you know, for you and your life, if you don't know that this is happening and you might start not to trust yourself, don't ever do that. We all have an innate intuition, our ability to perceive through our senses, what's not being said, what's, you know, people say one thing, but often we might feel there's something else going on. So I encourage you to always trust that, inquire, you know, what's going on. Because Again, we're all works in progress. So sometimes we might say things as we want them to be, you know, so just like encouragement to feel your way through. And I just want to check in. Is what I'm saying about the eighth house and Chiron and Gemini resonating? Oh, yeah. Why do you think I'm here? Like, okay. <laughs> I can't shake my head any harder. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Definitely. It definitely is definitely sitting in. Um, I know you kind of touched base on it, but for those who really don't know, like when, when you do your natal chart, um, you know, what is the difference between the Chiron's core wounds in your sign and the natal chart um, and your birth natal chart? Sure. Well, I, you know, so I come to this, Jamili, as a psychotherapist. I'm not an mm -hmm. astrologer. And, yeah. and so for me, it's been the synthesis that I call psychoastrology, which I trademarked, mm -hmm. where it's how our personal, um, our personal psychology meets our natal astrology, which is our birth chart. That when we were born, picture astrology is like a snapshot in the sky of where the stars and the planets were. And it gives you like a blueprint, like a map of propensities that, that we have potentials we have, um, you know, and, and it's like a meant to be guidance. It's not fixed. I know some people have a hard time with astrology because they think it's like someone telling you that this is who you are. You can't change it. And that's just not true. It's like a blueprint. It's a map. It's some guidance. It's some information for you to see kind of how you tick, you know, how you came into this world, knowing that we have free will. We all have free will. And that's where my book, you know, talks about astrology is the diagnostic point, yet the remediation and the prescription is through taking personal responsibility by being responsible for healing ourselves. What happened to you might not be your fault, but it is certainly our responsibility to make it our business, to heal, to change, to become who we want to be in this yeah. world, you know, and like take the time to grieve the, the things you've experienced, that's that's such a, an important part. And even in the chapter, Chiron and the sign of cancer, which talks about core mm -hmm. wounding by abandonment, I, I learned that core wounding by abandonment, when we're abandoned, it's really, we're put into the the grief process. And I correlate the chakra system with the stages of grief that mm -hmm. Dr. Elizabeth Huber Ross wrote with David Kessler. And I actually got permission from David Kessler and Elizabeth Cooper Ross's foundation to publish these findings of correlating the stages of grief with the chakra system, which is oh like, Oh my goodness, that's awesome. Donner. So yeah, yeah, definitely check out the Chiron and Cancer chapter because all of us have experienced a perceived abandonment or a real abandonment, mm -hmm. whether it's the end of mm -hmm. a relationship and we feel let down, abandoned, or if we abandon ourselves through addiction or through, you know, some kind of other escape mechanism. So all these things like really work hand in hand. I see my book as being like a guide for life. Mm -hmm. 
that though we have one main area of vulnerability or wounding, certainly when you've lived any life at all, you know, you experience all of these 12 placements of Chiron and, and the book is like a way to really help you heal yourself. Awesome. So how does one begin to heal their core wounds? Like how, how do you go about doing that? Well, I and think is it's a really, great question. Really possible? It is. I'm going to ask you the same thing as a therapist because I've vacillated <laughs> this question, you know, my whole professional career and in my personal mm-hmm. life, like, can we really heal? And I don't, I don't know if you've ever found moments where you're really upset about something that it feels like you can't, you know, and that's really scary. Yet mm-hmm. life always brings me to a place where it's like, oh my gosh, like there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. There's mm-hmm. always a silver lining. If you determine you're going to see it, has that been true for you? It has been. It's it's how, how you're able, for me, it's how I'm able to tell my stories, my, my uh, trauma stories um, without having an attached reaction to it. And being yeah. able to share my experience, share what I've I've gone through without yeah. then um, going through self-destructive behaviors. That's just saying whether that's eating or drinking or you yeah. know sleeping more, et cetera, whatever it is. It's being able to kind of process it, know that it's aware this is something that has happened to me, um, but it doesn't define who I am moving forward. You know, obviously exactly. there's different healing parts when you know even as a therapist where we're. Um, People are, are ha, might have addressed this area of their life, but there's still other things. It's the core, right? It's the crux. It's what's it's what's underneath. It's like and, and you're peeling an onion. So you've addressed this layer, you've addressed this layer, and then this layer, and then this layer, all the way underneath. Yes. So like the crux of everything. And so Absolutely. that that's that's where that healing work. You, you know, it's possible. So yeah, I will respond <laughs> for you. I'm waiting for your response, but I will respond. It is possible. It's a journey. It's a journey. Yeah. But I. What I said is unique about you is that you understand the onion layer yeah. and you understand the core. So it's how do how do you um, get the, the sprouts, if you will, of the onion and, and the core and unpeeling everything to kind of all work seamlessly together? Yeah, Jamelia. And what I discovered is that that multi-layered progressive process is through self-forgiveness. And throughout our life lives, we harbor resentments towards ourselves, blame, judgment, criticism. We think that's how we change and grow, but it's it's temporary. Those gains are temporary. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you tell yourself mean things or, or a per- perceived consequence that helps us or regulates us to some degree temporarily, but it mm-hmm. doesn't bring permanent change. It doesn't bring transformational change and it doesn't bring joy. And so I learned it's through forgiving ourselves. We do the best we can at at every moment of our lives. Typically, I really believe, Jamili, that people are more good than anything else. And it's only our wounds that impair, you know, our ability to act from love. You know, Mm -hmm. instead we might act from fear and we might blast someone angrily and push them away because maybe they bring up something within us that we fear you know, about ourselves. And it's when you start to inquire of yourself, what does this fear really want me to know? And employing self-forgiveness as a tool. And I Mm -hmm. talk about that in my book, that forgiveness is progressive. It's rarely just a blanket, like done, one and done. Exactly. Because there's so many layers. 
You know, and yes, life is yes, complex. So many layers. Yes. <laughs> so it's this journey of self-forgiveness through empathy, having empathy that my book is really about. And it's been the journey that I realize I've been on to understand things that have come into my life and who I am and who I, who I want to be. And so that's the answer to me yeah. is self-forgiveness and empathy. And every day as, is as an tools opportunity. For change. Yeah. Right. Every day is yeah. definitely an opportunity where you can, um, you, you might've done like your own forgiveness journey. Cause that's one thing that I'm, I'm all about. I've gone through my own forgiveness journey. And, you know, w- one thing I really promote with my clients when they're there is, is a forgiveness journey, but there's yeah. levels even to a forgiveness journey. So you exactly. might, you know, forgive the cheating, let's just say, mm-hmm. but then you have to move on to the other layer, the betrayal. Then the, you have exactly to the lack of trust. Trust. Then you yeah. have to move on to um, now your self esteem or yeah. your self doubts or you your know value and, like, and your worth. Yes. And it's all peeling back the onion in order yeah. to kind of really get to a point where you're like, okay, and everything is in stages. Right. It doesn't happen so right trust, away. Yeah. And I think to have some patience with yourself, have yeah. some understanding, that's where the empathy, like, okay, I can do this. Speaking to yourself as a coach, you know, encouragingly, lovingly while being accountable. So it's not mm-hmm. like you're going to sleep on the job and permitting yourself anything. You're, you know, you're progressively asking yourself to edge up and like show up for yourself differently. And what you say or don't say, I've been learning the power of silence, that sometimes Mm -hmm. silence, you know, can be the most loving thing to do instead of battling something out with someone, that it can be the most loving thing for them and you to just let there be some silence and some space. And and in that time, people can come to awarenesses uh, about things. Yes, I love it. Now we've talked about like the personal um, Chiron, right? And we've talked yeah. about um, how it impacts us and how do we heal from it and how you're able to kind of everything like progressively moves on to the next stage. But I don't think we've ever talked about, I mean, and, and for me, this will be, this is um, interesting for me to hear from you is how, you know, are Chiron's core wounds found in cities, in countries, you in know, our businesses, and our, our businesses. relationships. Yes, yes, so yes. Cool just say if you have an LLC, definitely go to my interactive website at nolatherapy.com. There's a button for my book, and it, there's a plug-in where you can enter you know, your birth information. But enter in, like I did this for my LLC, the date that I incorporated, because I, I ended up in a, like a couple years ago, a weird contract issue yeah. where I signed a contract, and then I was like, oh my God why did I sign this? Like this wasn't good for me. And I was led to put in the date I made my LLC in my own interactive web chart to find the Chiron of my business. And it turns out, Jamili, that the the wounding, the area of vulnerability for my business had to do with contracts. And I was like, OMG. So what I learned for my business, always read contracts, make, make sure I understand them, ask questions if I don't, you know, before you legally bind yourself to something that might not serve you. And oh. similarly, like the United States of America, I talk about before the election, I wrote this book before we elected our current president. And I saw that there was going to be a change with either a female president or vice president, which there is, that Chiron spoke to how in America, the most powerful nation, our Chiron wounding is the the way we take care of our own citizens. And mm-hmm. that might sound weird, 
But when you look to how we give billions of dollars in aid to other countries, and yet our children in urban and rural areas are suffering in school, not having adequate educational opportunities in poorer areas, not having books even in some of public schools in the South and rural rural areas, healthcare, you know, just how the need is to really stand in for our own citizens and yeah. take care of our own people. So I thought that was interesting. So you can play with this by oh, pointing in. I'm definitely going to go on. Yeah. The I am definitely going to do it, especially as I'm in the process of, you know, finalizing my PLLC and stuff. I'm Absolutely. And it can be interesting because then you can no, use the technique of my book. To strengthen yeah, that area. Yes, definitely. And even looking at like Beauty is Me as a corporation, it's a C Corp. So just going in and putting in the yeah. date, you know, which is last year's date in July, just to like, you know. I'd love to know what so. you find and see if it resonates with things that you've dealt with in your business. Absolutely. I definitely will, which I was like so super excited to ask this question because, you know, you hear about always it, it um, personally, but you don't hear about it as a collective, right? The Chiron right. and, and courtroom. So it's, it's, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. um, Lisa, what are some takeaways that you can give our readers and our uh, listeners? I think is what we were just speaking about, Jamili, the self-forgiveness piece, the empathetic, you know, and I was thinking before coming on your show this morning, just kind of cleaning things up, how I think we get mixed up between sympathy and empathy. I think we confuse Mm. sympathy and empathy. And I think people sometimes are like, oh, don't feel, I don't need you to feel sorry for me. Like I'm not weak. And I think that's a misdirected sense of what empathy is. I think that's when you're getting confused and sympathy can sometimes feel like not helpful because it it speaks more to your disempowerment depending Mm -hmm. on the situation versus empathy, which is like, I'm putting myself in your shoes and I'm imagining that this feels really hard right now. I know you're strong enough and smart enough to solve it, to come through it. But like, I, I see you in this moment and just, yeah, just like I, I see you Mm -hmm. and I know you can do this. I know you can figure this out. You know, and just to, I don't know why I felt led today to put that out here on on your show, but maybe that speaks to someone, Mm -hmm. you know, that sympathy can be appropriate. Like when someone dies, when someone passes away and it's like, oh, you know, I sympathize with you, but to empathize with you, I think helps you be in your empowerment to like, just anyway, that's, that's what I'd like to leave. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm I'm glad that, you know, you brought that up. Um, So where can people find you and where can people get your book? Thank you, Jamili. I would love for listeners to check out my social media. I'm at NOLA Therapy, N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. And my website is nolatherapy.com. It stands for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy. Dot com And I do sessions virtually on Zoom and FaceTime and by phone. My book, their links, my book is everywhere. It's in every Barnes and Noble store. It's mm-hmm. online. It's on Amazon. And if you have a favorite local bookstore, just go in and give them the name of my book, my, my name, and they can order it for you if you want to shop local. And um, yeah, thank you. 
Yes, thank you so much, Lisa, for taking this time and, you know, just educating us and even for the work that you're doing uh, to help people in such a holistic, like when we talk about holistic approach, this is extra holistic. And, and you know, I really, that's how you work too, Jamila, yeah, thank you yeah. for your work and your podcast, because you. even you doing your podcast, if you don't know already, has healed your Chiron and Gemini, this core wounding and empathetic attunement, because you're connecting with listeners authentically, you're being seen, you're being heard. So you've done that healing for yourself. And I sense it that you know that as well. Yes, deep yes. I do. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you're you. You're welcome. So much. Thank you, Lisa, for being here. Thank Thanks you for listening to this week's episode. I hope this episode fed your soul. Please be sure to download new episodes. You can also head on over to rate, review, and subscribe. For more updates, find us at www.iambeauteousme.com or on Instagram at iambeauteousme. Don't forget to use the hashtag beauteousmepodcast for your feedback.